Welcome to Travel Tips Tuesday with John Rogers. On today's show, you'll learn up-to-date, creative, and personal tips that will help you make your travel dreams a reality. Enjoy today's episode. Here's John. Hello, good evening, everyone, and welcome back to Travel Tips Tuesday. I'm very glad to be able to join you once again on podcast or Facebook Live or maybe even the new YouTube channel that's out there as well. Uh, We are uploading these to YouTube so you can access them a little bit easier and also share them a little bit easier for those folks that don't have Facebook. So if you are watching on any of those platforms or listening uh, by podcast, please let me know. I would love to hear a comment or two from you and would love to hear uh, what you think and interact, even if it's not live. Please, please, please give me a shout out. Um, and let's talk back and forth. Let's 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 get to know each other a little bit and get to know each, what we think about travel and Disney and and all those sorts of things. So tonight it is October the eighth, two thousand nineteen. It is going to be a great, big, beautiful Tomorrowland. That's right, a journey around Tomorrowland at Magic Kingdom at Walt Disney World. We are going to be taking a look at one of the most popular lands at uh, Walt Disney World's Magic Kingdom that has a lot to offer for attractions, also uh, dining and even shopping. Um, It's got a lot of uh, Disney history that is kind of all over that particular area as well. Again, last week we talked about Fantasyland and you know, that's kind of for a a lot of people uh, can be uh, the more iconic picture that people have because you know, Cinderella's Castle is kind of part of Fantasyland and you've got things like, uh, you know, that we talked about, uh, like It's a Small World and um, you know, Peter, the Peter Pan attraction and the Caris, you know, all these, all these other things that that are there. Um, but in Tomorrowland, um, Walt Disney had a vision for the future. He had, uh, he, he he was innovative. He was doing a lot of things that people, you know, have not had not done uh, in in theme park design before. And Tomorrowland is is definitely, uh, definitely, definitely part of that uh, vision that he had uh, for his original Magic Kingdom in Disneyland. So hence the shirt right here, right? So we're going to get into some of that. Um, but I want to know what your favorite attraction is for Tomorrowland at, at Magic Kingdom or Disneyland if you want to go there too. Um, but, you know, we're going to be talking about Magic Kingdom at Walt Disney World more specifically. So if you do have a favorite attraction or dining experience, something that is there now or maybe something that is no longer there, Please let me know. I want to know what it is. I would love to hear from you. Uh, drop that in the comments or on Facebook, or you know, if you're listening later or watching later on YouTube, uh, feel free to drop it in there now. So let's kind of walk point by point. We're going to start off with the attractions, and we're going to start off with the tallest one of the group, and or the highest one rather of the group in Tomorrowland, and that's going to be the Astro Orbiter. So if you've ever wanted to pilot a rocket ship or get a really good view of Magic Kingdom, the Astro Orbiter is probably going to be your best bet there. Uh, One thing about Astro Orbiter is like some attractions that are outdoors at Walt Disney World and even kind of theme parks in general, uh, it does have a tendency to uh, go down or be shut down if there uh, is lightning in the area. You know, wind, rain, that kind of thing. Occasionally, it's it's one of the more weather-sensitive attractions at Magic Kingdom. So you want to make sure that you're aware of that um, when, when you're planning. So if you've got kids that want to do all the, you know, outdoor rides like that, like the flying carpets, um, you know, over in Adventureland, or uh, like the Dumbo the Flying Element over in Fantasyland, they, they all have the same sort of basic kind of experience, but the theming is a little bit different. Locations are different. You know, Astro Orbiter is higher up. Um, so just be aware of that. Those those kinds of attractions do have a tendency to go down when the weather is not great. 
Um, next on the list is Buzz Lightyear's Space Ranger Spin. Now, this building has had a few different um, versions of attractions throughout the year where this ride is. And Buzz Lightyear Space Ranger Spin has been around for a little while, almost as long as Toy Story has, I feel like. And it is a lot of fun. So um, it, it is one of those things where there's no real, you know, there's no real restrictions to it. You know, I've been on it uh, holding an infant myself and still been able to play the thing. Um, it, it's it's great to kind of see what your score is and see how, you know, good of, of a Space Ranger you are and, and, and see if you can reach that maximum score. So... Uh, which I, I have seen somebody do that recently. It is rare, but that actually does happen, uh, believe it or not. So uh, it's got a fun little cue. It's the, the line, even the standby line usually moves pretty fast, and the lines are typically not that long. Um, but if you're thinking about a fast pass, your fast pass selections, here's a travel tip for you. If you're thinking about your fast pass selections and you know you're not going to go for some of the big drop rides or roller coasters at, at, at Magic Kingdom, um, and you know, Buzz Lightyear Space Ranger Spin is on your list, uh, and you've already got some character greetings taken care of, I would definitely consider putting this one on your list for fast passes. Uh, it can just make them you know, more convenient. You know you're going to be able to do that. There's a lot of other things to do in, in uh, Tomorrowland, generally, that don't have huge wait times uh, that we're going to talk about here in a little bit. Uh, a lot of great places to get out of air conditioning while you're waiting on that fast pass for uh, Buzz Lightyear, or maybe another one that you've planned. Uh, so, anyway, um, it's a lot of fun, Toy Story themed, and uh, you'll have a great time there. So, it doesn't matter really the age. You know, people of all ages like that one. It's a lot of fun. Uh, Monsters, Inc. Laugh For. So, if you like um, attractions or shows that engage the audience well, uh, if you like ones that make you laugh, if you want to sit down and stretch your legs for a little bit, but you also want to be entertained, you don't just want to go in somewhere and be bored, kind of sitting on your fingers, but... Uh, Monsters Inc. Laugh for is fun. You know, it's it, it engages the audience. Um, it's it's humorous. Um, it, it'll give you a little bit of air conditioning to kind of cool down for a little bit, and you'll really enjoy the show. I love Monsters Inc. Laugh for it's one of my favorite spots uh, to stop by in Tomorrowland. Next on the list is Space Mountain. So Space Mountain is uh, one of those attractions that has pretty much a different version uh, at each of the Disney parks. Um, around the world, and Space Mountain is is an iconic you know attraction that's sort of white uh, with a with a spire uh, that just sort of looks futuristic. I mean, you can see it from outside the Magic Kingdom. Um, you know, as you're coming in on the monorail, it's it's right there, and it's it's a beautiful building. It's an indoor roller coaster. It doesn't go very fast, but it does have a lot of dips and turns. Um, it, it's in the dark. And it has, um, you know, a lot of really kind of cool futuristic sounding music. Um, sometimes we'll do uh, cool things with it occasionally. This is rare, but this has happened. And I've been on it when it's happened. You can occasionally ride it with the lights on. And it's very rare. You know, this is one of those kind of urban legend Disney thing. Can you actually do this? Yes, you can. But again, it's very rare when this actually does happen. So um, that's one of those things that you just kind of have to look for as the cast members. Um, you know, one of, occasionally you can see in with the lights on, even if they're you know not uh, running the attraction itself and they're doing maintenance on it. If the Tomorrowland Transit Authority Authority People Mover is running and you're on it when they're doing maintenance, you still might be able to um, 
get a, a view of Space Mountain with the lights on it. And it's kind of cool. <laughs> in some ways, I think the attraction is actually a little bit more scary with the lights on because you see how close some of those supports and things are. Uh, but it's it's a fun ride. It really is. It's, it's a classic kind of iconic thing. Even if you know you're going to Magic Kingdom and you have a bunch of small children, for me, you know that's like you know one of those one rides that that you know we want to do. Um, that you know you know that we're willing to swap off children for so occasionally it doesn't work uh for schedules but my now seven year old actually got to ride it back in may and that was her first uh roller coaster ever uh, she got to ride that with my wife and they had a lot of fun and uh really really loved that and it was a special memory for us so space mountain great roller coaster it's a classic disney ride it's definitely a must do and definitely one if you are going to do it that needs to be high up on your fast pass priority list. So Seven Dwarfs Mine Train over in Fantasyland is the fastest moving fast pass right now. Uh, the fastest moving fast pass um, in, in Magic Kingdom. Space Mountain is pretty close to that. Um, there are also a couple others that kind of rival those a little bit. Um, but Space Mountain is definitely one that you want to grab uh, before you go. At that 60-day mark, if you're staying on property, you can reserve those fast passes 60 days in advance. If you're staying off property, you can pick up fast passes 30 days in advance. So you have a little bit more flexibility, uh, a few more guarantees. If you do stay on property, it's one of the perks. And we've talked about um, on property perks before on Travel Tips Tuesday. And if you're watching this now on Facebook, um, you can go back on my videos to find that video. If you're on the podcast version, you can go back and find that. If you're watching this on YouTube, I'm going to find it on Facebook and I'll upload it. Uh, to YouTube, so you can you can watch it there as well. About on property perks, you know, are they worth it? Um, next is the Tomorrowland Speedway. So the Tomorrowland Speedway is actually recently um, down for a little while. Like the entire attraction was closed because they had to reroute part of um, the track for this attraction because of the construction related to the new Tron uh, coaster attraction that is full force. You know, being constructed. Um, they've gone full vertical. It's in the process of being enclosed, and it is a multi multi year project. I'm very, very excited about this roller coaster that's going to appear in uh, Tomorrowland, and you can see what's going on from the People Mover. You can see what's going on there from kind of a couple other spots uh, at Magic Kingdom, but um, excited about the Tron coaster there that is coming. Uh, but the Tomorrowland Speedway, um, they use little kind of go-kart, race car kind of things. They, they don't go very fast. You, know, you can fit a couple people in them if you've got a little one with you. Um, it's kind of fun to sort of drive around a little bit and um, sort of, I don't know, reminisce, talk, hang out. If you're looking for something that's kind of low-key, but, uh, you know, they, they, these, these attractions, the cars, rather, for this attraction are on guides. <laughs> so that's one thing you've got to work, work at, watch out for. It can kind of be like teaching a teenager to drive for the first time. Um, if, if you're not careful, but even the most seasoned of drivers, sometimes those guides that, that those cars are sitting on um, can uh, cause you to jerk around a little bit. But it's fun. You know, it was one of my, it was probably my favorite attraction, honestly, the first couple of times as a child that I went to Magic Kingdom. Uh, absolutely loved that one. Um, and it was great. I made my parents do it every time we went. Well, it didn't make them, you know, but um, I complained about it enough that we actually did, but it was a lot of fun. So next on the list is the Tomorrowland Transit Authority People Mover. So this particular attraction is kind of one of those that you sort of look up and you see the little 
blue car sort of you know moving around throughout Tomorrowland. It goes around the Carousel of Progress, kind of goes through around Space Mountain above Buzz Lightyear Space Ranger Spin, and you know occasionally you'll hear this ominous voice speaking from above you if you're in Tomorrowland. Um, and it, it's actually a really cool ride. Um, yes, it's it's outdoors. It kind of goes through uh, some sort of indoor portions a little bit. Uh, it doesn't move fast. It's a great way to just sort of relax for a little bit. It is constantly, you know, loading and, and unloading. Um, it's a great way to get some views of the Tron construction. There are some popular vloggers that are out there um, that use this specific ride to get shots of the uh, Tron construction. So, um, you know, can get some pictures of that. And again, it's a great way to learn a little bit about Tomorrowland as well and see some things or a couple of little kind of hidden spots there that you will not be able to see unless you go on the Tomorrowland Transit Authority People Mover. Um, it's a classic Disney ride. There's a version of it at Disneyland for a little while, and the track is actually still there in Disneyland out in California. Um, but due to, you know, a series of kind of technical issues and, and other things that actually uh, brought that attraction down many years ago and started building some other things uh, around that. Even pulled down sections of track, but again, some of it is, is still there that you can see if you go to Disneyland in California. Uh, next on the list is the Carousel of Progress. Now, the Carousel of Progress um, is probably the most historical, if you want to talk from talk about Disney history, uh, it's probably the most historical ride uh, or attraction, rather, because it's an attraction kind of ride sort of thing. Um, in in Tomorrowland and Magic Kingdom. And that is because this particular attraction started off as a concept called Progress Land. It was sponsored by General Electric. Um, it was dreamed up and done by Walt Disney himself for the 1964-65 World's Fair. And it takes you through various scenes kind of of history, starting off in the 20s and moving all the way up pretty close to, pretty, pretty close to the modern era where we are today. Uh, some of the stuff in there is a little bit dated, um, but it kind of gives you a journey of history and how uh, technology and, and progress in human history is kind of all work together um, and how, you know, dreaming is important. And, you know, there's there's this very, very infectious song <laughs> that will get stuck in your head, not like annoying like It's a Small World is. And I'm sorry if that song is automatically stuck in your head now that I brought it out um, or brought it up. But uh, there, it's a great, big, beautiful tomorrow shining. You know, there's a great, big, beautiful tomorrow shining at the end of every day. So it's this sort of message of hope and promise that's out there. Um, and it's pretty cool. So I, I love this attraction. It is over 20 minutes long. So if you're tired, um, and even if you just need a little micro nap, you know, you can go in and sit in these seats and shut your eyes and set your, you know, your timer, hopefully, on your watch or your phone uh, for 15, 20 minutes. Um, and you'll enjoy some cool air conditioning, um, some some a fun little attraction if you want to keep your eyes open. Um, but you know, again, I love it. Uh, I love sort of the the, the bit of history uh, that's there. Um, the, you know, there are a few animatronics in it that's in it. But basically, it's you, you walk in and um, the center of of it. So there's the sort of center part where these different scenes are stationed. That stays still. And the entire outside uh, of these, basically these few different rooms with the same number of seats in each one, uh, it rotates around the center. So you get um, a different scene each time. Um, and it's just pretty cool. The stories that it tells, again, about kind of 
progress in human history and whatnot uh, from the 1920s kind of onward. Uh, it's pretty neat. So I love Carousel of Progress. It's a lot of fun. Um, and then this this sort of um, this is kind of an attraction show sort of thing. This is not really a, I don't know. I wouldn't really put it up there with the rest of them, but uh, if you do go to some of the major touring plan websites that are out there, uh, hopefully I, I can help you with your personal touring plan. I would love to be able to do that. I don't charge anything for my planning fees. Um, but uh, there's this one called Cosmic Dance Party, and the Cosmic Dance Party is located over at Cosmic Rays, uh, Cosmic Rays Starlight Cafe, which is one of the spots in Tomorrowland for food that we're going to talk about in just a minute. Um, it, you know, there's music, there's this, you know, crazy alien-looking thing that sort of leads you in a bit of a dance party, and it's kind of fun, you know, if you're looking for a place to let the kids get the wiggles out for a little bit, um, and, you know, they've been either sitting in a stroller, you're tired, and you want to get a, grab a bite, or whatever the case may be, um, you can take a break there if you want. So again, if you are watching this, if you're tuning in, I would love, love, love to know what your favorite thing is about Tomorrowland, or maybe what uh, your, you know, favorite thing of yesteryear is. You know, maybe there's something about Tomorrowland that is not there anymore that you absolutely loved. Um, and if you say Stitch's Great Escape or Alien Encounter, I won't be your friend. Uh, I'm just kidding. Um, I, I still will be a friend, but I might judge a little bit more. I'm kidding about that, too. Anyway, so uh, we're going to talk about dining Dining now. Um, and there's no... One thing I do want to point out about dining in Tomorrowland is that there's no table service dining in Tomorrowland. Meaning there's not a restaurant that you can, uh, you know, as, as big as it is, as, as many attractions as there are in Tomorrowland, um, there are no table service restaurants there. Um, but there are a lot of quick service options. There are a lot of little kind of carts in different places that you can go to to grab a bite. And we're going to run through some of those uh, right now. I'm, I'm going to try to mention all of them, but I may not talk uh, in detail, uh, uh, you know, the same of uh, going through all of them. So... First up is Antigravity's Galactic Goodies, and that is, it's kind of a food stand uh, cart location. There's also the Cool Ship, which is another food standard cart. There's Cosmic Ray Starlight Cafe, uh, which is a classic kind of quick service, counter service location uh, where you can grab a lot of just, you know, ready to eat, very kid-friendly bites. And then there is the Rocket Tower Plaza Stage Ice Cream Cart. Fair enough there. You can go grab yourself some ice cream. I'm sure in Florida that will definitely be something that you want, a little bit of ice cream. And you can find one thing about kind of snacks even throughout property. Uh, you're going to be able to find, um, you know, your Mickey Premium Bars, your ice cream sandwiches, things of that nature, uh, scattered throughout different sort of carts and even pop-up things that are not, you know, always there, but, you know, they might be brought out closer to parade times. You know, if you're looking for popcorn and stuff like that, those things are not isolated to you know, one particular area of the park. They're going to pretty much be everywhere. Now, there are certain snacks that you will only see in certain spots of the park. Um, for example, and this is kind of a bonus travel tip, rolling back a few weeks, um, like the um, Dole Whip, uh, Dole Whip Floats, the pineapple soft serve ice cream. It's really, you'll only see that over in uh, Adventureland. Um, you might only see the, uh, um, the what do they call them, the, the spring rolls. So there's a spring roll, spring roll cart uh, that is commonly available over in Adventureland as well. Um, LeFou's Brew, you're only going to get that over in Fantasyland. It's a, you know, a non-alcoholic, frozen, um, frozen kind of slushy sort of thing that you can get uh, over in Fantasyland. 
Um, so lots of different snacks that are sort of, I don't know, there's, there, there seems to be, for the most part, a themed food item that is sort of iconic for each land. Um, and in Tomorrowland itself, they, you know, they used to have turkey legs there. So turkey lands are kind of an iconic Disney snack. You can get a lot of those. You can get those at, at every park. In Magic Kingdom, you can get them in a get them in a couple of different places you used to be able to get them in tomorrowland many years ago you cannot anymore um but kind of ice cream sort of tends to be a thing there you can even find the space ice cream you know the freeze-dried stuff there uh as well over in tomorrowland um space dog that's a food standing cart in tomorrowland there's the lunching pad it's one of my favorite places to stop by in tomorrowland um there and there's the tomorrowland and fantasyland concourse ice cream cart so again this there's another option for you uh tomorrowland frozen treats tomorrow tomorrowland popcorn cart so again you can get popcorn pretty much anywhere um around the park uh the tomorrowland terrace restaurant so if you go in you know to tomorrowland and you look off to the right and you see this store little terraced area um that is you know there's a quick service location there sometimes that location is closed because on those terraces they'll actually host dessert parties on occasion so those are um, additional ticketed events um, that are that are privately held. You have to buy those tickets, you know, in, in advance. Many times they'll have private fireworks viewings for them. Um, so if you're looking for something a little bit extra special for a few additional sweet treats, um, and those are available, I would highly suggest thinking about a dessert party. You can get some great, um, great seating and guaranteed seating, great snacks to end your day, and some great uh, fireworks viewing for that. Um, and then, last but not least, the Tomorrowland uh, Tricky Leg Cart. Again, uh, the last time I was there, uh, it, this cart was actually not there. Um, but um, you can get Tricky Legs when they are there, so be on the lookout for that. Uh, again, my trip planning services uh, are free to you. I don't, I'm not sponsored for Travel Tips Tuesday. Um, that's kind of intentional because I want to be able to help you. I want to connect with you. I want to hear your questions. Uh, I want to know how I can serve you and how we can learn from each other because I don't claim to know everything. Yes, I was a cast member at Disney for a little while. Um, I, I visit there, you know, once or twice a year. I've traveled with, you know, by myself on my honeymoon. I've traveled with young children. I've traveled, uh, you know, with, with large groups of people. I've traveled, you know, I've helped multiple families go in, in, in one time. Um, so all sorts of different trips that I've helped organize. I have a lot of experience with that and try to stay up to date. Why? So I can serve you. I don't charge anything for my planning services at all. I, you know, I also don't get paid unless I book a trip uh, for you or, or work with you for your trip um, and you travel. So if I book something for you, that's how that works. So if you're curious about that, people are like, you know, why do you do this? How do you get paid? How, how do you get compensated? Uh, we don't get compensated until well after you return from your trip um, because we want to take that pressure off of you. Uh, we want to take that pressure off of also the agent themselves. So we want to make sure that we are able to give you all the tools for success uh, for your trip uh, so that everything goes smoothly. We want to be available to you. Um, so again, if you have any questions about that, if you want to plan your next trip, if you are a Disney trip planning veteran, um, and you, you love doing this like me before, you know, I was a Disney trip planning veteran and did this for friends, for myself. Um, it was a lot of fun. You know, please ask me about that. Ask me about what it's like to be a Disney trip planner. We'd love to talk to you about that. But again, if you do book trips yourself, 
uh, because you love the planning. You love the magic. You love being able to get up in the morning and book those fast passes. You love being able to get those dining reservations on day one when they're available. Um, you know, that's awesome. But you're still paying for trip planning services at the end of the day. It is a lumped in part of your package because Disney gives you one price. Um, part of that price goes towards compensating their trip planners. Even They're either going to be you know, employees that work for Disney or they're going to be, you know, travel agents that are under an authorized Disney vacation planner. Um, like me, Travelmation is an authorized Disney vacation planner. I am not, but Travelmation is. I am associated with them. We are earmarked gold. We are chasing platinum. And I know we're going to get there. I'm really excited about um, what that means. And for us, that just means we have special access to uh, specific hotlines to be able to serve you all well um, and engage with you and make sure your needs are met. Um, so again, you have questions about that. That's just a little bit about how that works on my end. I uh, would love to connect with you. Please share with me uh, about your trip planning needs and what you want to do and the, and the kind of experience that you're looking for. You know, I'm not going to I'm not going to send you somewhere that you don't want to go and, and, and you'll be unhappy with. I want to make sure you're happy with where you are because these experiences going to Disney or Universal or a cruise or maybe even it's just you know up to the mountains uh, or somewhere else. It's about building memories. It's about bonding together as a family, as friends. It's about creating those first few memories as a couple after you've gotten married. So lots of different reasons to travel. Um, and I want to make sure that I'm in sync with those and that I am sensitive to them, um, that I'm there to help walk with you every step of the way. So thank you so much again for joining me tonight. Um, just one other quick reminder this evening, the 2021, some of the 2021 cruising schedules or itineraries are out for Disney Cruise Line, as well as several other cruise lines as well. Um, for, this applies to pretty much every cruise line that's out there. Um, if you are thinking about a cruise in 2020 or 2021 especially, the best time to book one is as early as possible. Um, the uh, you know the cancellation policies are pretty generous, but you've been if you've been dreaming about it, um, you can go ahead and pay that deposit now. And in many cases, um, in many cases, not all, but in many cases, you can get the deposit back. And what I mean by that uh, is, if you decide to cancel your trip by a certain window, um, then you can get your money back 100%. Now, also, there are certain cruise fares out there. You know, that are or what you call non-refundable deposit cruise fares. You want to be aware of those when you're planning trips. So you know you might get a little bit cheaper rate, but you might lose your deposit. You know, so you could be up out 100, 200 bucks, whatever the case is, for that specific type of cruise. You know, cruise stateroom. And those are the kinds of things. Again, as a travel planner, I try to be aware of. Talk about Disney parks all day long. Absolutely love it. But there are other things that I'm investing in as well. I'm working with a group of over 20 uh, ladies that are traveling out of New Orleans on Royal Caribbean in January, and I'm very excited about that. Um, so if you have any questions about Royal Caribbean, hit me up. I'd love to talk to you. So reach out. Um, let's dream and talk about your experience. Let's dream and talk about uh, the, the trip that would make a lot of awesome memories and magic for you. And shoot me a message. We'd love to talk to you about that. And I hope you have a magical evening, and we will see you again real soon. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Travel Tips Tuesday. We'll be back next week with another episode. See you then.